Hallelujah. Has God been good to anybody out there? I said, has the Lord been good to anybody out there? Then I dare you to just open your mouth for a few minutes. Come on and open your mouth and give him some praise. Hallelujah. Come on, open your mouth and give him some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on and pour out from your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has been good to me. So that's my testimony that God has been good to me. Is that anybody else's testimony? Despite everything else that's going on, the Lord has been good. Hallelujah. Despite everything else that could have gone wrong, God has yet been good to me. Hallelujah. Despite all the destructions in life, my God, he's been good. Hallelujah. If anything, the, the statistics say that I shouldn't even be here right now. Hallelujah. If the devil had his way, I wouldn't be here right now. If my obstacles had their way, I wouldn't be here right now. Hallelujah. If my health situations had their way, I wouldn't be here right now. But some way, somehow I have made it. Hallelujah. Some way, somehow I have made it. I wish I had a witness out there. Some way, somehow, I have made it. I don't understand it. I can't compute it. But some way, somehow, I have made it. I made it. And I've decided that I'm going to praise God. I made it. I've decided that I'm going to praise God because I've made it. I praise God because I've made it. To where I am right now, if I don't get another day, I'm going to praise him because I made it to this day. If I don't get another moment, I'm going to praise God that I made it to this moment. If I don't make it to another service, I'm going to praise God that I made it to this service. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. We praise God for each of you who've come to share on this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. If the devil had his way, we wouldn't be here. But I praise God that he makes a way when there seems to be no way. So when there seems to be no way, God seems to make a way out of no way. And I praise God that he does that for us time and time again. Amen. May I pray with you, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for these moments, for this day, for your people. Lord, we thank you for this time, Lord. And Lord, we ask that you meet us right now here in this moment, Lord. Meet us right now, Lord. And Lord, give us strength. Hallelujah. Give us strength, Lord, to do your will. Give us strength, Lord. And even when we can't see it, Lord, you continue to make your way. You continue to manifest yourself. You continue to show yourself mighty and show yourself strong. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And come on, give God some praise in this place. Amen. Give God, give God some praise. We praise God for his presence. 
We praise God that he's with us on this morning. Amen. It seems like the devil has tried to work against us in several ways on this morning, but we're still going to give God the glory. Is that right? He still receives the honor and the glory for everything that we're, that is about to happen even in this moment. We're going to be sharing from the word of the Lord. And if you'll go with us to the word of the Lord, if you'll go with us, it seems like technology is failing us this morning. Amen. But we're going to go to the word of the Lord. Amen. If you'll Man, if we go ahead and post our scripture this morning, amen, this morning, our technology is failing, but God's word is still true. Is that right? Amen. Amen. God's word is still true. Amen. Go ahead and post our scripture. Amen, brother. If you can. Amen. We're going to mark the 16th chapter, and we'll be looking at verses 15 through 18. Again, that's Mark chapter 16, and we'll be looking at verses 15 through 18. And the word of the Lord says, I'm going to be reading with you. The word of the Lord says, and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink in any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. Let our, and the word of the Lord is blessed. I want to talk to you today. We've been discussing for the last couple of Sundays about our theme, which has been focus. And we talked extensively relative to focus on last week. We were talking specifically relative to our dreams and to our desires and to what God has already showed us. We talked specifically about not looking at the obstacles, but making sure that we stay focused on the path, that we're looking at the path that God is taking us. And Jesus said, remember, Thomas was asking, he said, I, I do not know the way. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except he comes by me. So from that, we gathered that to stay focused on the path, we have to keep looking at Jesus. We talked briefly about Peter and John when they went to the temple to pray. And then the man who was lame, he, 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 was, he, he put out his, his bucket so he could receive alms of them. And then before they healed him, he said, Peter said, look on us. In other words, he's saying, look at the solution and stop looking at the problem. Look at the path and stop looking at the obstacle. Relative to that on today, I really want us to focus on our responsibilities as Christians. To focus on our responsibility as Christians. The Bible says in our text, it says, go ye into all the world. It's talking about not, all, not only all nations, but it's talking about all people. That is our responsibility as believers. Our, belie our, our responsibility as a believer is to tell the world about the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We take on that responsibility, so to, to, we need to make sure that we have clearly defined our role because our role as Christians is not just to come to church and get excited and get happy and shout and dance and roll around. And just be glad to be saved. That's not our only responsibility. But as soon as we become Christians, we take on the role and the responsibility to lead others to Christ. To help them to get to where we are. 
to teach them the good news of Jesus Christ. It immediately becomes our responsibility. Somebody find, find a neighbor, look at him and say, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility. You, God has it placed in us a responsibility to go into the world, to go into our areas, to go into our neighborhoods, to go on our jobs, to go where we're at our schools, wherever we might be, to shine the light of the gospel wherever we might be. Jesus put it this way. He said, you are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill that cannot be hid. He said, you do not put that lamp and that candle under a bushel. But he said, you take it out for the world to see that you can shine bright so that you can be an example, so that you can share what you have with someone else. That means whatever goodness that God has presented to you is not only for you, but it's for the sake of presenting that to someone else. You should be a blessing to someone else. And when we focus our responsibilities, we need to understand when we're focusing our responsibilities, that doesn't mean I argue with other people. Because some people you can't tell them, you just need to show them. And, and we're so busy trying to tell people that we're forgetting how to show them. You're so busy arguing with them on how Christianity is the way and that you are a Christian, that you're doing right and Jesus is the only way. But in arguing with them, then you're getting mad and flustered and you're getting ready to cuss. So in trying to tell them, you're not showing them. You're telling them one thing, but you're showing them something else. It's more impactful, and it's more powerful if you show them. Point at your neighbor and say, you need to show them. Don't, don't try and tell them, but you need to show them. Because I'll tell you this way, if you show them when they're ready, you won't have to tell them, they'll ask if you show them. Let me say that again. If you show them, you won't have to tell them, but they'll ask. And then you can tell them because they've seen your example first. What you say is more powerful when they've seen your example. But you can't cuss everybody out every day at work and then expect to be able to tell them about the goodness of Jesus Christ. Because what you're saying is not matching up with what they've seen. You have to show them. So it immediately becomes our responsibility as Christians to shine the light of the gospel in our own life. It shines through us into the world. It shines through us. It is not of us, but it is in us. The glory of God is not of us, but it's in us. That means we did not create it. We did not generate it. It's not because of who you are, what your name is, and who your mama was. Has nothing to do with who you are physiologically. But it has all to do with what God has placed on the inside of us. I, rem I remember I, I always talked to you about the apple. The, the apple is mo the most powerful thing about the apple or any fruit is not the apple itself, but it's the seed that's on the inside of the apple. Because the seed of the apple doesn't produce an apple, it produces an apple tree. So it always has something more powerful on the inside of it. And just like the apple, each of you, you have something more powerful than you on the inside. There is something powerful that's in you. I want you to declare that to yourself. Say, there is something powerful in me. I want you to say it to you. Get it. Say, there is something powerful in me. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, there is something powerful in me. There's something powerful in me, not because of who I am, not because of who I know, not because of who my parents were, but because God has placed something powerful in me. 
So that means if I have something powerful in me, that means I have to watch how I carry myself because there's something powerful in me. It's like when you're carrying something so valuable. I think I gave the example last week about if you're carrying a a million-dollar diamond, you're careful about how you carry it. You watch how you carry it. There's a certain way you walk. You're not going to walk recklessly. If you have something expensive on you, you're probably not going to run around just everywhere. And you know what you're going to do every once in a while? You're going to check to make sure it's still on you. If you put it in your pocket, you're going you're gonna to check to make sure that that valuable thing that you have with you is still there. You do not want to walk or run or live in a way that compromises the valuable thing that you are carrying. You, you, you watch how you walk, not because somebody gave you a set of rules, but because you appreciate the value of what you're carrying. Nobody has to give you a list of commandments on how you should walk or how you should live or how you should run or how you should behave. They don't need to give you rules. Because you appreciate yourself, the value of the thing that you're carrying. Nobody has to tell you don't jump through mud puddles or or swim in a dirty lake when you're carrying something valuable. They don't have to tell you that. They don't have to give you a set of instructions because you're aware enough to recognize the value of the thing that you're carrying. What am I saying? Nobody has to give you a set of rules as Christians of how you ought to live and how you shouldn't and the things you should and shouldn't do when you recognize the value of the thing that you're carrying. I don't have to tell you don't go here and don't go there because I recognize the value of what is in me. I, I, I don't have to tell you don't cuss and don't swear and don't drink and don't get drunk and don't do drugs and don't get high. I don't have to tell you that when you recognize the value of what you're carrying. I don't, you just, nobody has, should have to tell you not to be dropping it like it's hot at the club every night and, and, and grinding up on all strange types of people and carrying different folks home to your bed every night. Nobody has to tell you that when you recognize the value of the thing that you're carrying. Nobody has, to, nobody has to tell you, you shouldn't be caught out here. You shouldn't be caught doing that. or You shouldn't be seeing doing this. You shouldn't let your evil, your good be evil spoken. Nobody has to break down what that means when you recognize the value of the thing that you're carrying. When you recognize that value, you also are aware of relationships. What type of relationships you should engage in. Who you trust around you. Who you trust in your house. If you have friends and people who have sticky fingers and you have something that's valuable, you're probably not inviting them to be in your house. Why? Because they might steal that thing that is valuable. And I have to protect at all costs that thing that is so valuable. So just like I protect that million dollar diamond, I have to protect my reputation. Just like I protect that million-dollar diamond, I have to protect my virtue. Just like I protect that million-dollar diamond, I have to protect my Christian witness. And because I recognize the value of the thing that I'm carrying, I don't treat it any kind of way. 
I don't expose it to all types of situations, and I don't expose it to all kinds of different people because I recognize its value. You know the other thing, that valuable thing? You feel like the safest thing about it is when it's with you. You keep it with you because then you know where it is. You can account for it. So just like that, like, just like your Christianity, you can't lay it down on the shelf and go into different places. I, I, I'm going to put my salvation down at the door because there's a couple of things I need to say to some other folks that I know God's not in that. So I'm going to put my Christianity down so I can say what I need to say. No, because it's too valuable. It's too valuable for me to set it down on the side of the road. I have to keep it with me. And just like that valuable gem, I'm going to keep checking to make sure that it's on me. Don't be like Samson. You remember Samson. Samson, he gave his secret away to Delilah. The secret of his strength, the secret of his connection, his power with God. And then it says as soon as he had given it up, it said he woke up and he shook himself. And then when he shook himself, that had to be a scary feeling because he knew God was not with him. His strength was gone. God was not there. David said, I, David said, Lord, I made so many mistakes. I made so many errors. But Lord, he said, take not the Holy Spirit away from me. Don't ever get in a situation where you're like Samson and you've compromised the integrity of the valuable thing that God has given you. Then one day you wake up and shake yourself. And his spirit is gone. Your strength is gone. Your power is gone because you've compromised the value of the thing that God has given you. What I'm telling you today is throw out the rules. Throw out the commandments. Don't worry about what they, what they taught you when you were five. You don't have to remember everything that grandma said you shouldn't do. What I'm telling you is you will hold yourself to a higher standard when you simply begin to appreciate the value the million-dollar diamond that God has placed on the inside of you. You have to protect it. You have to not expose it to everything. And, one, and just like your Christianity and your salvation, every once in a while, you're going to check it to make sure it's still on you. Paul said, for this cause I die daily. I have to kill my flesh to make sure that the glory of God that he's placed on the inside of me, that it stays with me. That I am making sure I'm living my life in a way that respects what God has put in me. Somebody say it again. Say, I have something valuable in me. So if you have something valuable in you, you have to watch yourself. Because you can't live any type of life. You can't talk any type of way. Because what you have inside of you is too valuable. Now, the thing about having something valuable, and I'm going to share something with you, and I, I hope you get this. The devil doesn't mind you being great. The devil doesn't mind you being great. Because some of you think the devil is, is, is keeping you away from being great. The devil doesn't mind you being great, but a few things he wants. He doesn't mind you being great, especially if you're not in God. And he doesn't mind you being great, even if you're in God, if you don't reproduce yourself. If you don't reproduce yourself, he doesn't mind you even being great, 
in God if you can't reproduce yourself. What is the commission here? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. I want you to share this with somebody else. I want you to be able to reproduce yourself in others. We talk, let's go back to the apple. I told you the apple is great because it has something powerful in it. Something more powerful than the apple itself are the seeds on the inside of the apple that can produce an apple tree which can produce many more apples. And I'm telling you today, each of you have that greatness in you. You have seeds on the inside of you that if you plant those seeds, you can produce something greater than yourself. You cannot just produce another Christian. You cannot just produce another servant of God, but you can produce many more. You can produce a tree that sprouts up and grows so much more than yourself. You have that power in you. And what the devil wants to do is rob you of that power. I told you it had to be man that came up with the seedless fruit. And I know you enjoy your seedless fruits. You enjoy your grapes with no seeds. You enjoy your watermelons with no seeds. You, because you don't have to worry about seeds while you're eating through the fruit. But I want to let you know that that fruit has been compromised. And because it's been compromised, the fruit itself, get this, can be great. But no matter how great that fruit is, it can't reproduce itself. And the devil doesn't mind. Again, the devil doesn't mind you being great. But as if he robs you of your seeds, if he robs you of your core, if he robs you of your testimony, if he robs you of your life, you can be great all by yourself. But you'll never reproduce what God has put in you. And what God wants, and some of you are like, I, I want to let you know, some of you are great adversaries of the devil, even though you don't have much. Some people think, I need to be great. I need to be rich. I need to have a lot of money. I need to have a high position for me to be a great witness for God. Baby, no, you don't. The only thing you need to do to be an adversary of the devil is to tell other people of how good God has been to you. Because when you tell... Come on in here now. When you tell somebody else, the Bible says that you overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. You are taking your seed that God has put in you and you are spreading your seed in the good ground. You're putting that seed out there so that it can grow and become something else. So, so another Christian can be saved and so somebody else can hear the word of the, God, of the Lord. And the worst thing you can do is share how good God has been to you to somebody else who's going to share it. That's what the devil wants to stop. So stop worrying about being great. Stop worrying about being saved a long time. You can't, some of you waiting to be saved 5, 10, 15 years before you share God's goodness. Baby, as soon as you get saved, baby, you can be fresh out the church. Go tell somebody how good God is. I, I, you, you haven't even become a member of a church baby go tell somebody how good God is baby I've been saved for five minutes I don't care go tell somebody else how good God has been to you how he turned your life around because as soon as you open your mouth as soon as you begin to testify you become the enemy of the devil you're living inside the core of the greatness that God placed inside you you're not the seedless fruit that just wants to be great by itself. But you become the fruit that has seed, that's able to disperse that seed. 
and to help grow other Christians, to let others know how good God is. And, and my, your responsibility as a Christian is to be that apple with many seeds. And you need to spread those seeds. You need to share the goodness of God with somebody else. Because as long as you hold on to your seed, you're just as useless as that seedless fruit. And no matter how great you are, you are not a threat to the devil. The devil will let you be great as long as you compromise your ability to reproduce yourself. So I'm telling somebody out here this morning, I want you to know if you leave with this, when you leave with it, stop trying to be great. And some of us, that, that's, that's a human tendency. That's not a godly tendency. We, we're, we're our prayers. And if sometimes if we broke down our prayers, sometimes our prayers are about being great. Sometimes our prayers are about having more stuff. Sometimes our, our prayers about going to a level, but going there by ourselves and not taking anybody else there with us. So as long as we keep praying these selfish prayers, we will not advance in God's kingdom. Because God will allow you to be that seedless fruit that stays on that same level. And he'll advance somebody with less than you have, but who's more hungry than you are to spread his seed. To share it with somebody else. I have a goal. I have a job. I have a responsibility. And to break down to the, to the, to the minutia of what my responsibility is, is to share God's goodness with somebody else. I need to share it, share it in how I live, share it in what I say. I'm not telling all of you all to just go out there and, and everybody you see. Hey, do you know the Lord is your Savior? That's not, that's not what I'm saying. Some of you, you're going to annoy folks with that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying live first. Show an example of Jesus Christ first. And you know what? When somebody praises you, give God the glory. Give God the glory. Some of y'all look 20 years younger than you are. Give God the glory. Somebody say, what, what, what you doing with your skin, baby? Ain't nothing but the goodness of the Lord. God beautifies the meat. Come on in here. That's a time to, to testify of how, how good God is. When you get that promotion, somebody pray, girl, you done stepped on, on the, up there, girl. It ain't nothing but the goodness of God. God is the one who has preserved me. When you walk out of that hospital and they say, baby, I don't know how you were healed. It was nothing but God. By his stripes, I, I am healed. And I'm simply walking in the healing of my Lord and Savior. You need to give God the glory in everything. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You need to learn to reproduce in others that which God has already poured in you. And who am I talking about? Some of you think we're, we're not talking about titles. We're not talking about ministers. We're not talking about elders. We're not talking about missionaries. The, but the word here says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. That believe. I don't need a certificate. I don't need a special seat. I don't need a title. I don't need a special day. I don't need anybody to call my name because I believe. Do I have any believers in here? I said, do I have any believers in here? Does anybody out there believe? Then if you believe, then you have power. If you believe, 
then you have power. Power accompanies your belief. The only difference is some people believe but don't recognize that they have power. Are you exercising the power that God gave you? He said these signs shall follow them that believe. So power follows those that believe. And you want another dose of power? An extra dose of power comes when you receive the Holy Ghost. What does it say when you receive the Holy Ghost? And ye shall receive power. And what's the power for? To be my witnesses. The power is not so I can be great. The power is not so I can wear a nice suit and tell people how great I am and and share all my titles with somebody else. That's not what the power is for. The power is to be a witness to somebody else. And if I don't use the power for the right reason, then I'm mishandling God's authority. That's the problem a lot of people have with the church. We have power, but we've mishandled our authority. We used our power for the wrong reason. We've used our power for the wrong purpose. We've used our power to be to have great and fabulous services inside the sanctuary, but we're no good outside these walls. We don't testify to people outside these walls. We're so busy being great that we've reached a level where people think they can't attain us, so therefore they chip away and call you hypocrites. Because you have esteemed yourself on a level that is higher than you should. The Bible tells us, the warns us, don't, no one should think more of themselves than they ought. Because we're not by saved, saved by works, but by grace are ye saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. It's the million dollar diamond that you're carrying on yourself. You didn't earn it, you didn't pay for it, you didn't deserve it. It was a gift, and God gave it to you. And even though it cost you nothing, it's still expensive because Jesus paid it all. Jesus had to suffer and die on the cross so that you could have power. Jesus had to suffer and die on the cross so that you can have this authority to reproduce what he's put in you with somebody else. Whatever power and authority I have, it's not of me, but it's in me. And I didn't put it in myself, but Jesus put it in me. So maybe we need to stop pointing at the world and telling them you're doing this wrong and you're doing that wrong and pointing out all their faults and pointing out what they're doing wrong. And we, maybe we need to point at them and say, baby, I know you're struggling. Baby, I know you're depressed. Baby, I know you're hurting, but I want to point at you not to tell you what you've done wrong but I want to point at you to let you know that you have something great in you you have something great in you and it's like a block of gold you can roll that block of gold down a down a hill you can dip it in muddy waters you can beat it with a hammer but when you get through beating on it when you get through drowning it when you get through running it through the mud it's still valuable And to that person who hears my voice and the devil has convinced you that you're less than you are, that you're not valuable, that you're not important, that you're not significant, that your life is meaningless, that you're not worth anything, that you don't even deserve to come to God's throne of grace. I want to let you know that you're like that dirty, dinged up, drowned, muddy, 
bar of gold. You may have gone through a lot, but you're still valuable. And that thing that you possess on the inside of you, that was a gift that was given by God. It wasn't given by your mom. It wasn't given by your daddy because everybody's not connected to their mom and daddy. Some of them got hard feelings and had a, had a hard life because they had irresponsible mamas and daddies. And baby, don't keep carrying that because no matter how bad they treated you, your mom and dad may have drugged you through the mud. They may have beat you down, but you're still that bar of gold. And you're still valuable. God said it's not your external experience because it's based on what I put in you. He told the prophet, he said, before you were formed in the belly, before you were conceived, I knew you. But the problem that many of us ha have to deal with is who is you? God said, I knew thee. Say, who is you that that might be confusing, but let me put it this way and reflect it. The pronoun, who is me? God knew me, but who is the me that God knew? Let me tell you what he knew. He saw the reflection of himself that he put in you. That's what God sees. That's so powerful because even when you feel like you're not worthy, when you've done wrong, when you've messed up, when you make mistakes over and over and over and over again, that's what God sees. He sees the reflection of himself in you. That's why the Bible says, that's why they say, God hates the sin, but he loves the sinner. What does he love? He doesn't love the action that you're engaging in. He's loving the piece of himself that he put inside you. Just like the prodigal son, the story is so indicative of how God loves us. The prodigal the son's father sees him coming down the road. He doesn't see the ungrateful man who was greedy and wanted his money. He doesn't see the, the man that engaged in all types of sexual debauchery and, and, and fornication, lying with strange women while he was away. That's not what God sees. God does not see someone who was irresponsible with his money and wasted all of his living. He does not see the boy that his, whose life had been reduced to selling himself into slavery to a man of a foreign country. He does not see the man who was so hungry that he was about to eat the husk that the swine did eat while he lay in the pig pen. That's not what God saw. And that's not what that father saw. That father, he saw his son. That boy that had a limp like his granddaddy. That boy who had brown hair like his mother. He saw that boy whose eyes were the same color as his father. He didn't see him for what he had done. You know what he said? He saw, he saw his son. And for you who are parents, you completely understand no matter what your child has done wrong, no matter what they've engaged in, when you look at them, you see your baby, you see your child. 
That's my daughter. That's my son. And that's how God sees us. When we've done wrong, when we've gone astray, God sees my child. That's my child. That's my child. And the devil may have put his hands on him, but he couldn't take his life because that's my child. And I'm so grateful that when I was in the middle of my mess, in the middle of my errors, God didn't judge me for my errors. He didn't see me for my sin. He saw me as his son. He saw me as his child. And all God was waiting on me to do was lift my hand and say, Dad, come get me. Dad, it's enough. I can't deal with it anymore. I can't go another day without you. I can't live another day outside your will. Daddy, come get me. And the songwriter must have felt this in the depth of their soul when they said, I was sinking deep in sin. Far from the blissful shore. Very deeply stained within and sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea, he heard my cry from the waters he lifted me and now safe in my it was God's love that lifted me and I want you to feel this moment I want you to feel that emotion I want you to remember how you felt when God saved you when God delivered you when God brought you out of that mess the depth of the emotion that is attached to that moment I want you to feel it in this moment and then I want you for just one moment to imagine giving that feeling to somebody how powerful that is nothing greater I, I, I appreciate God's my story I appreciate what God did for me but what greater thing can I do than to pass that story of deliverance pass that story of victory pass that story of coming out of your mess and then walking into the glory of the love of God what greater thing can I do on earth than to give that to somebody else? Don't be the seedless fruit that's great by yourself. But I challenge everyone in here, no matter how long you've been saved, no matter, no matter how long Christ has lived in your heart, I challenge you today, those who are, are watching virtually, I challenge you today, share that feeling. Share your seeds with somebody else. If I have to compromise being great, I'm not worried about being great. Let me be fruitful. I don't want to be great. Lord, let me be fruitful. Let me share what you've given me with somebody else. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Why don't you stand to your feet in this house? Heavenly Father, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, make us better witnesses for you, Lord. Let us do better at sharing your word with somebody else. Lord, help us to be better examples to your people. Lord, you have called out of us that which is in us and told us to be lights unto the world. Lord, help us to be a better light. Help us to burn more brightly. Help us to provide the warmth of love to those who are around us. 
Help us to shine the light of your word into somebody else's path to help them to come closer to you. Lord, let us lift you up higher. And Lord, you said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Lord, let us be focused in all that we're doing. Lord, it's great to be successful in the eyes of the world. It's great to, to accrue money, Lord, if we're going to be a blessing. It's fine to accrue titles, Lord. It's fine, Lord, to, to, to experience success on the job. It's fine to be educated, but Lord, let us never lose focus on you. Let us give you the glory in everything that we accomplish. When people look at us, Lord, let them not give us the glory, but let's, let us shine the light on you so that they may see God working in us. Let us never forget to focus and press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus, in everything that we do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we praise God for you being with us. And we pray that you will live with faith and expectation until we shall see you again. I hope and pray that each of you are touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Give a Fire. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.